All right, we got the first show of 2020, uh, right in the midst of the quarantine here. Uh, Dan and Joe, we're back for the for the in the off season here, getting ready for a new season. Hopefully, you know we get to have that. But before we go further, since uh, we haven't had a show in a few weeks, we got to shout out Chiefs Kingdom Super Bowl, first time in 50 years, uh, Mahomes. My guy, so uh, gotta get that out of the way there, but uh, yeah, it's uh, we are uh, you know, just getting started here a couple actually a couple weeks into the free agency and uh, some big big time moves. Uh, Joe, I think uh, actually some of these uh, we might be a little split on, so we wanted to get back into it. Uh, a lot of stuff going on, a uh, whole lot of coronavirus talk, and so let's uh. We can get a few minutes here. We can uh, get our mind off that, and uh, we got this is about the only sports action we got going on right now. So, you know, yeah, with with uh, no games going on and free agency just started, and I mean we haven't had a show for a while, and I just I've been texting you. I was like, man, we got to have a show. There's so much going on yep. without, and that's without even having games. You know, without having baseball, basketball. You know, the March Madness got canceled. I mean, it's unprecedented times. Brutal. Right now with this with this coronavirus going around, um, so with um, with some time here that we have, I just felt like we could get a show, maybe get it out there for you guys to listen to, um, and kind of take your mind off for just you know half hour, forty five minutes, or however long we got this show going, and uh, give our thoughts on what has happened so far in the free agency, and with one of the biggest moves um, so far, whether. Um, you, you like the Patriots or not, but you know they 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 did quite a bit there for a long time and twenty years in, in New England. Tom Brady has finally moved on, and he went to Tampa Bay. And um, you know, there's he's forty three years old. I mean, that's it's. I mean, talk about even more unprecedented times. Like Tom Brady's gonna be forty three going into this year and takes over for. Obviously, Jameis Winston's going to be gone. Um, he'll be. We'll talk about him later in the show. But this offense was really good last year in Tampa Bay. It just, I mean, thirty interceptions by Jameis Winston's made this team not very good. And you give Tom Brady elite talent like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, OJ Howard. I think he's going to have a pretty good year. Like, there's going to be a moment where Tom Brady falls off a cliff, but. He hasn't really done that yet, and he obviously struggled last year, but that was with some new receivers, um, a lot of question marks there, um, no Rob Gronkowski, um, no legit wide receiver number one other than Julian Edelman, who's just really a glorified slot guy. Um, so I, I feel like Tom Brady was a top 12 quarterback last year. I do not see him going lower than that this year. I think he he could either stay there or go up from, from you know from my vantage point. I don't. How, how do you feel about it, Dan? Yeah. So yeah, we've texted about this a little bit, and um, I get the feeling that you feel pretty good about this. Um, I, I my feeling on this tends to be significantly more negative. Now, I don't think that Tom Brady's going to all of a sudden be terrible, um, but you know, and I'm going in assuming that. 
going to be drafted inside the top 12. I would, I would expect he's going to be getting picked inside the top 10 uh, quarterbacks. And I, my, my feeling on this is Tom Brady's never done this before. I know he's the goat. I'm not, I'm not arguing. I'm not going to argue with that. Um, but I just think that the idea that he's going to come in with a new coach, entirely new system, uh, a system that he hasn't really played in a, a downfield aggressive passing game, something he hasn't done really since Randy Moss. And he's a lot older now. Uh, I, I just, to me, I think it's more likely that it doesn't go well than it is likely that it does go well. Um, I think it's fairly likely that, yeah, he probably does finish as a top 15, um, but you're going to have to, you're probably going to be picking him in the top 10. I just, I, to me, I would, I might, I strongly expect that this offense is going to score less points this year than they did last year. And part of that is because they're going to be so much more efficient. They're not going to have the turnovers. They're not going to fall behind. Um, and so, uh, you know, James Winston for all his problems was a fantastic fantasy quarterback. He scored a ton of points. Um, and I don't see that happening with Brady. Uh, and, and, and for the, for the other guys, uh, I think this is a, a negative for Mike Evans. Uh, he's a wide receiver too, to me. I think Godwin is fairly safe as a, as a wide receiver one, but you know, you had both these guys in the top five last year. That, that, that's just, I don't see that happening again. Uh, and, and, and I think looking at everybody there, I think the one that this actually could be the biggest benefit for, uh, is OJ Howard. Um, I, who I still think is a, is a good talent. And I think a lot of the question here to be successful is, is it going to be Tom Brady, Tom Brady trying to run Bruce Arians system or is it be Bruce Arians trying to call Tom Brady's system? Um, and I just don't know. I, I, I don't know how well that's going to work. Um, but if it's if it's Brady and I, I, w- I would have to lean, I think, Brady getting a little bit more control of that. Um, and I think that'll be a benefit for O.J. Howard. But overall, um, I'm just pretty nervous about uh, this. I, I, I'm not I'm not really bullish on any of these guys. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to depend on I mean, obviously, there's still a lot of time here, but our this is kind of just our initial reactions. I mean, how is how well are they going to merge together? you know, Tom and Bruce and, and try to mold this offense into what works for them. I mean, Brady's always kind of tried to move the offense around and to their advantages and everything, you know, because um, whether they run the ball 30 times or whether they pass the ball 40 times, they kind of just go by. And, and maybe that a lot of that was Bill Belichick, you know, and, and, you know, only time will tell on that, you know, so. And obviously, there's no way that the Bucks will have two top five receivers again. I mean, that's just just one of those years where it happened. It's just you can't do that back to back years. I mean, so um, and and I agree with you. If there's somebody that's going to take a downside, it's going to be Mike Evans. I think Chris Godwin's still going to be safe there as a wide receiver one, but Mike Evans will probably slide just a little bit. Yeah. And in another um, quite the blockbuster deal here. Um, and nobody knows what the hell Bob's doing down there in Houston, but uh, well, he's helping the Chiefs out. I, I can thank him for that. He's he's smoothing out the road for the Chiefs even more than it already is. So we appreciate that, Bob. Um, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins traded to Arizona, just an unbelievable jaw-dropping trade. Wow. And uh, I mean, well, at least Houston got David Johnson back, which is probably the most frustrating wide uh, running back 
the last couple of seasons from from, yeah. from my personal experiences. Um, but uh, you know, um, and we we've talked this about kind of a little bit about this last year with um, Odell Beckham going to the Browns. Um, when you take a top receiver like this and you change them to a brand new team, they tend to struggle. And Odell Beckham struggled last year. Yeah, he had some good games, and he still finished, uh, I think, top 20-ish. But, man, it was not without huge struggles and ups and downs. And uh, I think Hopkins Hopkins value is definitely going down here. Um, just for the fact that it's a new team, a new year, um, you got Christian Kirk there, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, Kenyon Drake out of the backfield. Um, so I think Hopkins was definitely a for sure number one pick last year, round one. Um, probably going to slip into the late second, maybe third, depending on how everything goes. Um, but that's just kind of my, uh, my feeling on it here at the beginning, um, after this trade has gone down. Um, but kind of on the flip side of that, Kyle Murray stocks going up for sure. Um, we'll see how he handles year two. Um, kind of had some ups and downs year one, but, uh, I like Kyler Murray a lot going into 2020, a potential number one quarterback obviously Mahomes and Lamar's there but uh and Watson but I think Kyler has all the tools now I mean obviously you give him a number one receiver like DeAndre Hopkins um things can happen for him so I like Kyler Murray a lot too yeah I agree with a lot of what you said there I think uh Hopkins for sure I think um the really kind of the best you can hope for you know he's still gonna he's he's still gonna get volume he's gonna be their number one receiver there's no there's no questions about that but um like you said, the the hit is uh, that this doesn't really go all that well for guys. Uh, I think that the, probably the best you can hope for is, uh, you know, like a low-end wide receiver one. But I, I, I still think he's going to get drafted in the first round. Uh, I, I think people are going to, you know, I think that's just how, how it goes. People are going to, oh, he's going to get 400 targets. And it's going to be awesome, and um, you know. I, so I think if if you if you do feel that way, you are still going to have to invest a first round pick because I don't think he's falling. Maybe early second, uh, that would be the lowest I would expect him to fall. Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I think people are still going to be uh, all in on Hopkins, Kyler Murray. I you know, and, and we, like you said uh, when we were talking about Tom, we do have a long way to go here, but I I just I. I'm not as excited, I think, as the rest of the fantasy community is. Um, he, he's a QB one, so there's no question about that. But um, is he a top five quarterback? I don't know. I, I just I don't know if I'm willing to go that far yet. I I, I think he will have a better, um, but how much better? I, I don't know. The guy that I really like in in Arizona is Kenyon Drake. Uh, I'm. He's probably a guy, and we'll, you know, we got a long way to go, but I think he's a guy that I'm going to be uh, going after early uh, because I think he's a, a locked in top five RB1. Uh, I think the sky's the limit for, for, for Drake this year. I mean, he obviously, once he got over to Arizona, he just killed it. I mean, with the, you know, David Johnson being injured and everything, um, he just took over and showed, I mean, dominant games, like 30 plus games where he, he just exploded, and I mean, to see if he—I mean, he's the—he's the guy now. So, with yeah. uh, with David John on the flip side of this whole trade is uh, David Johnson going to the Texans. Um, just uh, uh, like I said in, in in 
about Hopkins. I don't know what the hell Bob's thinking here, but uh, uh, health, huge concern with uh, David Johnson, obviously. Um, you know, we he's shown it. He's done it before. And let's see, was it 2016 where he just blew up and was, uh, you know, number one running back. Um, yeah. But this is a negative for sure. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, even if he stayed in Arizona, I don't think he would have been – very good value with with Drake still there, you know. I mean, with Drake and Johnson in Arizona, it would have been who do you go for, and both their values going to drop. But um, I, I don't know. I, I just don't. I mean, the the David Johnson is he going to stay healthy? Like that's just going to be the huge concern. I mean, he's shown the ability to be the three down guy, um, but uh, is he going to be healthy for all sixteen or? You know, I, I just—he's no longer a first-round pick for sure. He's definitely going to be falling into the RB two category. There's still going to be value for David Johnson. Don't get me wrong there. He's not going to be off my draft board at all. He's just going to be where can I get him, and and at what point do I feel comfortable taking the risk? Because the reward is pretty big if he stays healthy, and because the Texans between Hyde and Duke Johnson, if you combine both their numbers, there was a top ten running back there. And David Johnson has the ability to do both of those. So, just can he do it is going to be a huge question mark for me. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there's two. Like, you hit on on the, the biggest factor there, ultimately, which is can David Johnson get back to 26 form with, when, you know, you're sitting there watching him and it was like he was the next, you know, Adrian Peterson or something. He was just unreal. And he has not even come close to that since then. Um, and you know, that's hard to say, uh, but I think the situation is actually, uh, makes me a little nervous also. I, he's probably going to be their workhorse. Uh, that's great. Volume is, uh, is probably the biggest reason I think to, to feel like you can take him as an RB two. Um, but I think this offense takes a step back. You know, they just lost their best player outside of Deshaun Watson. Uh, him and Watson had a really good rapport. Um, and Will Fuller to me, complimentary piece then he is going to be a number one guy he can't stay healthy ever so I, I think this offense takes a step back um you know they don't have a first round pick so they're not going to get a difference maker at the receiver position um and with the whole offense taking a step back I think that affects the running back too and so I, I really think that um it, the only the only hope David Johnson has to be an RB1 is if he if he is David Johnson in 2016 if not he's he, he tops out as an RB2 I think yeah, uh, we both kind of agree there. I mean, just uh, health is a huge concern there. Um, so in another trade move here um, that's fantasy football noteworthy, Stefan Diggs finally gets his way, and he's out of Minnesota and goes to Buffalo. Um, for me here, um, it's a similar situation to Hopkins, uh, where you take a, a number one receiver and you shove him into a new team, a new system, um, and with a lot of other guys there already in Buffalo with, you know, Beasley and John Brown and Buffalo kind of more of a, I'll say more of a run offense, but they, you know, they got better pieces there and with the ability for Josh Allen to run the ball, um, you know, Diggs is going to be a wide receiver too, for sure. Um, but uh, I don't think he has too much more to go from there. You know, um, I don't think there's, you know, unless an injury happens or something like that, or I, I mean, I don't think he's going to be a, a wide receiver one. 
mid wide receiver two range would be probably about where he's going to end up for me. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I think, you know, I've thought a lot about this. Um, and I, I think you're right. I think you do. I think you do have to expectations a little bit because like you said, wide receivers changing teams. Um, there's a, there's a lot of examples there on, um, that not really going very well. <clears throat> um, but, you know, I think, I think Diggs is still a pretty solid, safe wide receiver too. Um, I, th- I think his volume does up and, you know, I think the, I think one difference when you look at guys like, like DeAndre Hopkins, who we just talked about, there's really not a whole lot volume a guy like DeAndre Hopkins can get when you get 150 targets. I mean, not, that's like nine something a game. It's just not going to go up that much from there. Um, but I think Diggs could get a – he only had 93 last year. So, you know, his targets could go fairly considerably to offset whatever, you know, uh, negative that, that they have from, you know, efficiency or, you know, building up uh, the chemistry there. Um, so I think I think Diggs is still a solid, safe wide receiver too. I, I like it, the move for him. Uh, I'm not – I'm a I, – I think Josh Allen is a good quarterback. Um, I think maybe the biggest – is it John Brown? I, I, to me, I just almost disappear. I just don't. I, I like John Brown, um, but Diggs is legit, and um, I think Diggs takes a lot of that from from John Brown. I think John Brown is going to uh, regress from where he was. Yeah, John Brown was a well. Actually, Diggs was thirteenth last year, and John Brown was fourteenth. Um, and standard scoring leagues uh last year um so you know right in the middle of there wide receiver two range and um you know i'm the same way i think you know john brown's gonna go down here um with with the addition to stefan diggs there uh, and you know really quick before we move on i think you know for the quarterback josh allen i mean you could feel really good i think about drafting him uh top, top quarterback or top yeah, I mean, I was on his bandwagon last year, and uh, I don't, you know, he was top 10 last year, um, I think. I don't remember what he ended up finishing for sure, somewhere right around there. Yeah, it's hard to say. I, yeah. oh, actually, he was sixth. Sixth, yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, I mean, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at a few different lists here, um, but, you know, one of the ones that I've seen that I'm looking at right now has Deshaun Watson sixth and Josh Allen seventh. And honestly, I think you can make an argument for Josh Allen. He, he's got better receiving talent this, uh, than, than, than Deshaun Watson does. I you know Will Fuller is fantastic, but um, he can't stay on the field. So, you know, and I, that's, that would be crazy to say even a week ago. Yeah, I mean, what, what, the, hell, what the hell is Houston going to do? Like, who's, who's Deshaun going to throw the ball? He can't throw an ink at you. Well, what are they signing Randall Cobb? <laughs> I know, and they give Cobb like a ridiculous amount of money. Like, come on, bro. Like Cobb ain't Cobb's nice. He's decent, but he he sure as hell ain't DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I mean, you're gonna they they, they, were, they were you know you got a 25 how old quarter 25 year old quarterback, and you take away his number one weapon. That's yeah, it's gonna be a huge fade on. I mean, like you said on Watson. Like, obviously he's still gonna probably get his, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's now from the probably a top three quarterback to bottom ten, you know? Right. I mean, not, There's just, not bottom ten, but like around ten. 
it, it with the it, it's a huge loss that you just can't replace. And if he's gonna if he's gonna finish up there like he has the past two years, he's probably gonna have to do more with his legs from a fantasy standpoint. And that's because... and that's scary because he doesn't have the body to take on yeah. five six hits a game where he's trying to you know he drops back, scrambles around, nobody's open because you know nobody DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins ain't on the field so. Well, and with yeah, with Hopkins not there now, they can they can afford to put a guy deep and and man up on on Will Fuller with help over the top, and then who else is going to win? You need somebody else to win, and it didn't really work with Kenny Stills, so maybe that changes. Maybe Kenny Stills makes a difference, but out of that, I don't know. There's not much hope there in the receiving in the receiving core. No, you're rolling out a no. lot of you know second, third tier receivers, hoping something's going to work. And I mean, I don't. I, yeah. Oh, the time's going to tell on what the hell Bob's thinking down there, but uh, initial reaction is just he has his head somewhere other than under his hat. So, uh, right. So, um, moving on here. Um, and in a move that we both like is uh, Ryan Tannehill is going to be staying in Tennessee. And, yep. you know, halfway through it was a week six, I think, and he took over the job, and uh, Tennessee was struggling, and then. Bam! Here comes Ryan Tannehill and just makes this team look like world beaters. And you know, there for a while they were. I mean, Ryan Tannehill drags them all the way. And I mean, Derrick Henry too. I mean, am I going to take anything from Derrick Henry? Uh, Derrick Henry, but you know, Ryan Tannehill was he had some pretty good moments. And him and the and AJ Brown had quite the connection there, going you know for a couple games and down the stretch. And you know, Tannehill takes them all the way to the AFC Championship game. And, they run into our uh, our monster of a team with Mahomes and the Chiefs, and and we all know how that ended up. But uh, it wasn't without any kind of scare, though. They were up what ten nothing, and had a ten point lead in the AFC Championship game. You know, so um, I'd like to move from a you know just from a pure football standpoint because you know a couple years ago I think the Minnesota Vikings made a huge mistake. You know, I know Case Keenum wasn't. A world beater, but you take that chemistry away, and yeah. you know they brought in Kirk Cousins, and they struggled that first year. Obviously, they did this, they did pretty good this last year, but I just I think it put them back. It set them back just a little bit. It set them back that year. I mean, and it showed. So I think yeah, this I... move right here with keeping Tannehill, you can have your opinion about Tannehill all you want, but you can't just go out and and pick. A Mahomes, pick up a Watson, pick up a Lamar, Lamar Jackson. You just so you got to do with what right. you got, and I like this well, move. You know, just because they're not going to get better if they go and get a different quarterback next year, they're going to get worse. And I don't care who it is. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, and it's it's not like and, you know, like, and I said this going in when they when the Vikings got I was like, that offense is going to take a step back. It's similar to what I'm saying about Tampa Bay here, uh, but it's not Madden. It's not like oh, he's a 99 overall or a 94. It doesn't work that way. They're human beings. And so, uh, yeah, this is a great move, I think. I think, you know, I think Tannehill is someone you can look at uh, to get. Maybe you can pick him as a QB2, but a guy that may end up putting up uh, low-end QB1 numbers. Um, he was He's a guy that I think maybe if you, if you want to go really late on your QB1 or you want to get a backup, uh, Tannehill is a great uh, target, I think, because he, he's, he's back in the exact same situation. He had a lot of success there. Um, but the one I'm most excited about because of this is A.J. Brown. I think A.J. Brown has a legit shot to be a wide receiver one this year. 
Um, and a big reason for that is because Tannehill is back. And they had a great chemistry down the stretch. Um, I think A.J. Brown is legit. Another year under his belt. Um, and I think A.J. Brown is someone to, to target pretty hard uh, in, in, in fantasy this year. Yeah, A.J. Brown was 10th last year in standard scoring leagues. So, um, and that's all Tannehill, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously it looks like Derrick Henry is going to be back under the franchise tag. And we were talking about this a little bit before the show. Um, uh, if I'm Tennessee, I, I make him play under that tag. And then next year, I we you, you send him away. You let him go. Yeah. Because if anything, if you just look around the league, I mean, I just, these GMs, I just don't understand what they're looking at sometimes. Like, the Rams had to get rid of Gurley because he was just too expensive. And they were going to – he was due $10 million. <laughs> and the production that yeah. he was putting out there, yeah, he got hurt. You know, but that's just the life of the running back. This run, and, Right. And, you don't need – like, the Chiefs were paying Damian Williams $2 million this year, $3 million. Right. And look at the production that the Chiefs got out of Damian Williams. And yeah, and he he had a very he had one hell of a case to be a Super Bowl MVP, and and, yeah. and at a price tag of two million three million dollars, like why in the world would you want to pay a running back ten million dollars right now? They don't take over games like a wide receiver can, or you know, uh, obviously a quarterback, but um, or somebody on defense. Just running backs are it's a fickle beast, man, and and you only have a you have a short life, and um. Once you pay them, it seems like that's when the decline comes. Yep, it's it's like uh, you see it year after year, um, and you know everyone. You know we talk about uh, him being a different kind of guy, and you know, but the reality of of it, it, no one escapes it. And Derrick Henry takes a lot of hits uh, because he doesn't. He's not elusive at all, um, and you know, and he's punished a lot of guys. Don't get me wrong; he has punished a ton of guys because of how big and strong he is, but. You know, that's going to wear him down. It's inevitable. He's going to get worn down. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you that I think that they would probably be better off not paying him. I think you've, they've, they've started off on the right track here by um, by already locking up Tannehill. Um, I think that was the move that they, they – and I think they rightly identified that as someone that they needed to uh, lock up. And, and, and uh, Henry, they haven't really done that yet, uh, but I think they made the right move there. Um, so, um, another quarterback – uh, that we gonna want to talk about. Actually, we got a couple of them here coming up. Um, Bridgewater, he's he's finally getting his shot. Uh, move over, Cam. Bridgewater's in Carolina. Uh, this one's pretty interesting. I, I think. Um, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say exactly what you can expect from Bridgewater from a fantasy standpoint uh, as a as a fantasy quarterback. You know, I don't know. I think you're you're certainly going as a two. I, it's too early for me to say that I really like him to have QB one upside. I don't know, but I think for the skill position players there, I think this is a pretty solid move for them. I don't see this as a downgrade. Um, you know, if anything, you could make the argument that it's an upgrade for them uh, off of what they had a lot of, of last year. Um, so uh, I don't know if, if Bridgewater is going to be startable fantasy quarterback, but I think for the skill guys, um, it's, it's a good thing for them. I think that, uh, you know, uh, Christian McCaffrey, you can expect him to still get a ton of passes there. Uh, DJ Moore, uh, phenomenal last year. I think that continues. So I think that's the biggest takeaway for me for the Bridgewater situation is that you can still feel really good um, 
about the 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 player the the players that they have there now. Yeah, this this move is really something to keep your eye on because it's, I think it's going to be very fluid as the season goes on. Um, because you're going to have a new head coach, a whole new system, whole new regime here. Um, and then you bring in a new quarterback. And at least it's a good thing where they're bringing in their guy. You know, it's not like, well, Cam was already here, so let's just use him. Let's try to tweak our system to where it fits Cam. They're like, nah, Cam's got to go. So let's get let's get Bridgewater in here. We like this guy. And given his chance last year in New Orleans, he played pretty good. You know, I mean, he finally got his chance. And, um, you know, there was a lot of talk where he was going to be a quarterback uh, starter somewhere last year. He decided to come back another year and stay with the Saints, and it looks like it's it, that move paid off for Teddy. Um, but yeah, it's just—I think it's going to be pretty fluid. Um, we'll have to see how everything shakes out. You know, the first couple weeks. You know, I, DJ Moore is was a wide receiver two last year. You know, Curtis Samuel was a wide receiver three. Some decent years, and 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 I agree with you. Like, if anything, I think they're they're going to go up. Um, yeah. With, with uh, with Teddy there, um, they don't have uh, what was a guy last year, Kyle Allen there for a couple uh, yeah. couple games there. Um, so yeah. yeah, and obviously Christian McCaffrey is going to get his. So um, and maybe maybe he can be more effective with less touches this year type of deal. Um, you know, maybe maybe not fantasy wise, but like football wise. Um, um, but yeah, I, just something to keep an eye on there for, for me. Um, I, two quarterback systems, he's definitely probably going to be a starter, but, uh, in one quarterback leagues, he'll probably be on the, on the waiver wire most of the year, unless something crazy happens. Yeah. Um, and so another guy that got traded, uh, quarterback position, Nick Foles. Uh, I just can't get over not- the love fest for Nick Foles. Like what, what is it that I don't see? That makes him so attractive to everybody. Like he, this guy, by the time in five years, he's probably going to be on every single team because he's going to get hurt again in Chicago. And they're like, well, he's still got it, so let's trade him to somebody else. It's like, what's going on here? Well, I yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I don't think he's really all that good. Um, but I think the the question here is, is he better than Mitch Trubisky? Um, and I don't know if that's certain. You're right. It's it's hard to say. I think there's a chance that he is. Um. But I, I, I would bet money that both Foles and Trubisky make starts because Foles is not really capable of making it through a 16-game season. He's never done it, um, either because he was a backup or because he got hurt. Um, one way or another, he's, he's not started a 16-game season. He won't in Chicago. Um, so Trubisky's going to make starts. Um, but I, I, I think that this could be good for a guy like Anthony Miller. Um, Anthony Miller is a guy who's going was probably going to go really late in drafts. Um, was pretty much invisible last year after some hype. I think I think Anthony Miller could be a post hype sleeper. Um, and I think with Foles there, um, probably making you know a good chunk of the starts there. Uh, I think Anthony Miller is somebody uh, that I kind of like as a late rounder. Um, uh, he, he's somebody I think that could benefit from this. Uh, to, to me, um, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie or not, but have you ever seen Good Luck Chuck? Uh, with uh, Dane Cook. Oh, yeah. Where he yes, dates a girl and then she yeah. meets her husband, the next girl, that he, uh, you know, after they break up. To me, uh, Nick Foles is good luck, Chuck. Like, <laughs> he just, I mean, exactly he, he right. starts somewhere and then gets hurt. And then the next guy comes in and then it's like, yep, that's our guy. We're going to go with this guy now, you know? So 
I just, I just don't understand why. It's so true. <laughs> why Nick Foles is, is I mean, obviously I I think I would probably have you know obviously Gardner Minshew uh, rather than Nick Foles, but yeah, man, what is I just this is just mind boggling to me. I mean, and I think you're right. Eventually, he's gonna get his start. I mean, he may start this season, you know, as week one starter. I don't know, but to me, I just I flip a coin. Who's who's better, Trubisky or River or uh, Nick Foles? You know, uh, I just I just book like, what are you doing to Mitch Trubisky, Chicago? Like, you already pretty much ruined his career by taking him number two overall, and now he has to be the guy who was drafted ahead of Mahomes and Watson, and now you're bringing in Nick Foles, a Super Bowl quarterback, a Super Bowl MVP. To di- what destroy his career? Like, oh man, I just well, you know, you know, I, I don't know, I, I, I can't blame him because Mitch Trubisky is terrible. He is, uh, yes. Foles has done something. Mitch Trubisky has done a thing. He is awful. And I mean, maybe he takes this as motivation. I mean, maybe <laughs> you just, you just, and, and like you said earlier in the show, these guys are humans. I mean, they have their own lives, their own – everybody's – everybody in this world's different. So, it's just how is he going to take this? You know, I mean, you're only as good as your last throw, or, you know, or what, you know, whatever the cliche you want to use there. Um, so, I just um, – there's going to be a lot to avoid in Chicago, and even David Montgomery. Like, yeah, he had some good games last year, but he just didn't show it enough. And Chicago didn't oh, yeah. let him show it enough, however you want to look at it, but – He's not someone I would be about either. No, no. Chicago, I think Chicago's be a, uh, quite a maybe a fantasy dumpster fire next year for all of us. Yeah. Uh, another guy on the move as we continue right along here. Uh, another quarterback. Last one actually, I think on our list here. Uh, Philip Rivers. He's got a new home, uh, Indianapolis. Um, and, uh, honestly, I <laughs> I find myself somewhat excited about this here. Um, you know, Philip Rivers isn't going to really get any hype. He's not getting any hype yet. Um, but uh, I think he's someone that you could probably take really late as you. You know, I wouldn't draft him. As, I'm not advocating him as your QB. I'm not going to. That okay? I'm sure, it's possible that it would work out for you, but that's not what I'm advocating for. I think he's someone that you could get really late as your QB two, maybe you know, last pick of the draft, um, and it has a little bit of a potential here. But I think. The thing that I'm most excited about, I think T.Y. Hilton bounces back this year. I would really like to have T.Y. Hilton. He's going in the wide receiver twos. We'll see if he goes up the board. Um, but I think T.Y. Hilton is in for a massive bounce back year. I think he's going to be a wide receiver one. And I think Paris Campbell has some upside too. I think this move is good for the skill players in Indianapolis. Uh, they have everything kind of in place. They got a good line. They got good receivers. They got a good running back. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of fantasy points coming out of Indianapolis uh, because I, I do think that Rivers is an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett. I know Brissett had some good games, but I think um, you put Rivers in front of a much better offensive line than he's had in probably a decade, and uh, I think he's going to do some good things. Maybe not score a ton of points himself, but he makes a chance to put up a lot of fantasy points. Yeah, I mean, last year Rivers was still top 15 quarterback, and uh... – so, and I think you get him to, you know, Frank Reich is pretty good head coach, pretty good offensive mind yeah. here. Um, and then, you know, you got T.Y. can stay healthy. And like you said, you got Paris Campbell there, which I think the Colts are really 
excited about him um, and seeing if he can grow and be, you know, more of a an emphasis on this offense. And obviously, uh, they lose one of their tight ends, but they still got Jack Doyle. They got a pretty good running game with Marlon back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I uh, echo, you know, what you just said there. I mean, uh, something to keep an eye on, and, and maybe a startable, you know, quarterback um, here or there, but uh, um, a boost for everybody else there in, in, in Indianapolis. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, some big running backs uh, have changed teams, and the biggest being. Uh, Todd Gurley um, getting cut uh, and then now being with the Atlanta Falcons, which honestly probably is about his best at landing spot as he could have before. Um, this one is really, really interesting to me. It's going to be to see how this shakes out, where he ends up going in drafts. Um, because, you know, I, and I watched Todd Gurley a lot last year for obvious reasons. You know, I was really high on him last year. Um, that didn't really go so great. Um, you know, he wasn't a complete bust, but he really wasn't all that effective either. Um, but he's still, he's like, he's five years old. And so I think, and I, and the other thing I would say is before we, you know, we talked about, but, but the one thing I would say before that is in the games that I did watch, uh, you know, and I, like I said, I watched as much as I could have of him. He didn't seem like he gave much of a, at all about when they were playing to me, it looked like he didn't care. Uh, he blocked half-heartedly, um, seemed like he ran half-heartedly. Um, so was that just my perception or was that real? Um, is it health? Was he unmotivated? Uh, is he motivated now? Uh, or is it that his knees are just totally shot? It's really hard to pick. Now I will say that, um, he couldn't have landed really in a better spot. He should get a chance to get a lot of volume there. And in a good offense, again, another team with a pretty solid line, kind of already there in place. Um, so the situation couldn't be any better for him. Um, you know, someone that probably does have some upside as an RB2. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what his, his ADP is going to be. Uh, it was average draft position. And, uh, man, uh, the good thing about this, I think there's upside because for a couple of factors here, um, was he unhappy there? Um, or was he unhealthy? I mean, obviously there were some health concerns, but, um, but now he's on a one-year deal back in Georgia where he went and played college ball. Um, yeah. So I think he has, you know, maybe a chip back on the shoulder here a little bit. Um, say, Hey, like, man, I can still play. Just, I didn't right. like what was going on there. Um, yeah, I got my big deal, but he's still going to be making ten million dollars a year this year. You know, I know the right. Falcons signed him for a one-year six million dollars, but he, the dead money from the Rams. I mean, he's still making, still like the top five paid running back. Um, yep. And the Falcons moved on from Devonte Freeman, so they clearly needed it was a need for them. Um, and like I said, I, I mean, couldn't have been a better spot for him, honestly. Um, but. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I want to see, you know, once we get closer to the, to the actual draft, see where he's actually being drafted at and kind of kind of make my decision on that, whether it's – I don't – I'm kind of on the hedge here. I don't know if I want to trust him as my RB2 or 
if I can get him as my third running back, you know, which I don't think I will. I, I just don't, I mean, the name's too big. Um, the hype will probably be there if he looks good in, you know, preseason or training camp. Um, but well, I just don't know if I want to trust him as my RB2. So I, I guess really quickly, would you rather have Todd Gurley or David Johnson? Oh, geez. Um, I would probably go Todd Gurley. I agree. I agree with that. I would, I would rather have Todd Gurley. Um, so, uh, but a, a, a totally different situation, really. Uh, and it's kind of interesting because health isn't a question. Melvin Gordon signs with the Broncos. Uh, and to keep it short and simple, I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> uh, he's not going to score but many, very many fantasy points. Uh, taking him with every two is going to be a bust because they already have good running backs there. Yeah, this is um, another this is another head scratcher. Like, what the what is John Elway? What is, I, what is Horse Teeth doing here? They, What's going on, man? Yeah, you have a top ten running back and a decent backup, <laughs> and you blow your money on Melvin Gordon. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Philip Lindsay has two years in the league, and he's rushed for a thousand yards both years. Yeah, like what more can know. the guy do? Like, I mean, come on! Like, if you're gonna pay somebody, pay that man. I don't know. This uh, Melvin Gordon is, but he may be more effective uh, than he was last year, uh, and be a good asset for the Broncos team uh, in fantasy. Um, there's not going to be a lot of points there. I just don't see it. No, and I mean, I mean he may. He, I mean, obviously, he's going to get all the goal line stuff and maybe some of the passes, but like to split with. I mean, I guess now Philip Lindsay's the backup. I mean, obviously, right? So, I guess that. <laughs> I don't know, that, that, you really just I saw a famous earlier. I saw I don't know about football wise. Obviously, we'll see what they have planned there, but it's only a two year deal. Obviously, um, because you know Drew Lock's still on his rookie deal, so um, but and they have the money, but I just you could have probably you're telling me you'd rather have Melvin Gordon on your team than Chris Harris. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, what? 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 Why? <laughs> already had Lindsay and uh, what's it, Royce Freeman? Yeah, and Booker. What are you doing? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> just these moves. Just I'm just like God. I can do a better job. <laughs> I know John Elway was a was a fine quarterback, but he has no idea what he's doing as a GM. Yeah. It's not working. Um, but I saw a stat earlier. Uh, I I don't I don't exactly know who put it all together, but. Um, you know, it was looking at uh, inside rushing since Philip Lindsay is coming into the league, average yards per carry uh, in the interior. And Lindsay was like in the top three. And out of, there was like 44 uh, running backs that they had ranked. And uh, Melvin Gorman was 47. There was like two yards per carry difference on interior runs um, from Philip Lindsay to, to Melvin Gordon. Yeah. And like we said earlier in the show, you don't pay running backs. Making eight million dollars a year this year, and Phil Lindsay was on making under a million dollars. You know, I mean, he was or he was undrafted, right? I'm not sure he was undrafted. Yeah, he was an undrafted player. Yeah, right? so <laughs> you're telling <laughs> I just I don't know, man. What it's just things um, to make you go, huh? Oh. Yeah, <sighs> so we'll, we'll um, rattle through here a couple of quick ones here. Um, Moving on from from that disaster to um, a, probably a, a good disaster here, uh, a good situation. Um, Sanders to the Saints. Um, I like it. 
Really? Yeah. I feel like this is terrible for his value. Uh, in in San Francisco, he was awesome uh, because he was like the number one guy. Um, but in New Orleans, I mean, the number one guy is Mike Thomas. And uh, I think this is a step back for him. Uh, well, I, I'll tell you why I like it. Because I've seen a stat where um, Thomas had 114 catches or something like that. Number two on the Saints had like 40. That's a 70-catch difference. That's a huge gap. Enormous gap. It's- and I think – I mean, Thomas is still going to get his, obviously. But I think Sanders has the ability to catch six Mike balls. Thomas had 149 catches last year. 149. He had 149? <laughs> maybe I read, yeah, maybe I read it wrong. It- I knew it was – but it was like an insane difference. Yeah. Like – not insane. Like 149 to 40. I mean, it was almost a 100 catch difference. Yeah. Well, if I'm, I mean, I'm looking at it here, and if, if this is all the guys that are, unless this uh, website is missing guys, the next closest wide receiver had 30. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And I don't know what Kamara had or. Right. Right. I, I could look that up. But, you, you know, and yes, uh, Mike Thomas is going to regress from that. There's no question. Um, but I, I, I think that, um, and I think, you know, Sanders is good. I think this is a good situation for all, everyone involved from a football standpoint, but from a fantasy standpoint, I think that, you know, if you're, if we're just looking at what Emmanuel Sanders did in San Francisco when, when he was like a borderline wide receiver one, um, I don't think he does that in, in New Orleans. Uh, I mean, the Saints are going to throw the ball. That's just, that's just what they do. And, uh, now that they get, you know, Manny there, which, you know, I, I was a pretty big fan of Manuel Sanders last year. Um, he did pretty, pretty good, but I just, I think this is a good, I mean, I think it's good for him. Like this is going to be in a more, he's going to get more volume for sure. And if he has the ability to get open every play. I don't think he will. I, I think his volume goes down. I think his volume goes down. I don't see how he get. I don't see how he does get more volume because Camara had a bit of a a down year. Uh, I think he does. I think he bounces back. He's going to catch a ton of passes, and and they do throw it a lot. But you know, between Bridgewater and Breeze, they threw it like just under five hundred and eighty, five hundred and seventy six times, something like that. So that would have ranked them ninth in the league. Uh, out of all uh, that would have been the ninth most pass attempts uh, if you were to put those together uh, in in the league. Um, and so well, the, yeah, the Niners got to be in the bottom third. San Francisco, yeah, but Manners was a huge chunk of that. He was like the, he was far and away their number one guy. Uh, and I I, I, I think that um, I just think his volume. I, I I don't see how it goes up. I think it goes down. Yeah, we'll see. So that's one we're divided on. Um, I got I, a, a move I do like. Jordan Howard to Miami. Uh, I know Miami was terrible last year, but uh, to me, I think Miami's poised to take a step forward. I think they started. They were they were a team to me that consistently got better. Um, I think they proved that. They showed that as the year went on. They were a team that improved. Whereas a team like Cincinnati didn't get any better at all. They were just terrible uh, all year long. Um, Miami got better. Uh, I think that 
Jordan Howard. And the thing, the, the qualifier here, though, is if they do anything in the draft, if they had a running back in the draft, it kind of will <clears throat> put a damper on this. But right now, with him being kind of the only guy there, he should be in for a sizable workload. I think it's a team that takes a step forward. I think uh, Jordan Howard uh, could be a pretty solid um, two. I think you could get him as your three, uh, but I think he could put up uh, RB2 numbers. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I kind of agree with you there. Um, it's going to depend on what if they do make a move in the draft um, because they have quite a few picks. Um, so we'll see. Maybe they uh, go like what the Raiders did a couple years ago and, you know, draft a running back along – in the first round somewhere. Um, but still, Jordan Howard, I mean, he was on nobody's radar last year, really. I mean, and wasn't had no hype and, and performed pretty well until uh, uh, Montgomery kind of got going. But, and well, Jordan Howard got hurt too, so that didn't really help a whole lot. Um, but the kind of guy who doesn't flash, but just kind of puts up numbers, you know? Yeah, exactly right. And he's still pretty young. I think he's like 26. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, yeah, he's in his mid twenties. Yeah, so he's still he you know, he hasn't hit that wall yet. So, yeah, I I think this is a good move for him. For as long as they don't do anything else in the draft, I think, uh, yeah, he Jordan Howard would be a deep sleeper here. I mean, not deep sleeper, but a you know, back end starter sleeper. Right. Um. So a guy who was a huge part uh me uh in one of my my, my teams last year, uh, Austin Hooper. Uh, he cashed in his big year. Uh, he's taking his talents to Cleveland. Um, don't like it. Don't I, like it. Don't like it, Dan. I, I, I'm nervous here that we're going to be drafting Austin Hooper, uh, like a 2019 Austin Hooper. <clears throat> and, uh, I just don't, he's a, a virtual lock to, to come back down to earth. Um, you know, if I could, get a value on him he's someone i would consider but he's not a guy i'm gonna go out and try to have on my team uh yeah um no unless i get insane value um i'm i just no there's no way i'm not not doing it i I don't trust baker i don't trust cleveland they always they find a way to f up everything so why would i want why would i want to take this risk i just don't it just doesn't make sense like no the hard hard pass um yeah he's just i mean don't get me wrong. Hooper had a good year, but I mean, we're going to cash in on one good year and, and, and think he's going to do this every year and he's going to change systems and we're going to expect the same about, uh, you know, output. No, it's just not going to happen. And with, yeah. you know, every other disaster there in Cleveland, like it just feels like Cleveland bought a gas can and threw it on the fire, like expecting it to get put out. Like it's, it's not going to happen, man. I would probably rather take a shot on his replacement, uh, Hayden Hurst, than I would uh, Austin Hooper. Yes, please. I will. Yeah, <laughs> Hooper's going to get drafted way ahead of Hurst, and I, I'd make a, I'd make a, a ten dollar bet right now that Hurst is going to outscore him. Yeah, like I, I have <laughs> that much confidence in the regression of Hooper right now. Like he, I, honestly, he could not have went to a worse spot. I mean, he maybe could have, but. God, it's just embarrassing. Uh, like, just okay, my- can send, can continually gets in their own way. Yeah. Uh, another tight end on the move, Eric Ebron, uh, one of the last guys we're going to mention here. I, I do like this move. Uh, I, I think Vance McDonald's a bit overrated. I think that the Steelers aren't really particularly high on him either. Um, he was really in and out of the lineup. They never – as a as their guy. Uh, ben Roethlisberger's going to be back. 
Um, I think Ebron has a chance here to uh, r- really return some value. I, don't, I haven't seen a lot of hype on him. Uh, the lists I've, I've perused here uh, don't have him that high. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I, I love waiting on a tight end uh, and, and rolling the dice. Uh, I, I kind of like Ebron here. Yes, I do, too. I I- um, we may have to battle royale it out for this, for this draft pick uh, in a couple of our leagues uh, because, man, Big Ben's back. If Juju can stay healthy, um, Roethlisberger likes his tight ends, man, and and he likes them in the red zone. And who, who better to have, have than Eric Ebron in the red zone? Yeah. Like you talk about Gronk-like red zone ish, yeah. you know, right. production. Jeez, and the, give me some of that. And, and the value where he's he's probably going to go deep. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I'll take little. Ebron over Hooper twice on Sundays. Like, please. Like, <laughs> I mean, and get Ebron in the tenth or Hooper in the fifth. Like, nah, it's a, give me give me Ebron for sure. Yeah, because Hooper's going to well, be a top you know, top five rounds. I mean, after the oh, big yeah. three four go, I mean they're good. They're going to oh, go yeah. Hooper. Uh, the, the guys that Pittsburgh has, none of them are even close. If Donald is the closest thing to Eric Ebron, and that's really only because he plays tight end. All the receivers, smaller kind of speed guys, quickness. Um, none of them are big physical red zone threats, and that is where Ebron is best. I think he could. I think he could have uh, double digit touchdowns in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and Pittsburgh's really. I mean, they've done a lot on their defense. I mean, this team, this team was a quarterback away from being really damn good. Like, if they had any kind of quarterback, the playoff with Mason freaking Rudolph. Yeah, <laughs> and Duck Duck Hodges or whatever his damn name is. Like, and they were eight and eight or nine and seven. Wherever they finished, like they were. I'm like, man, this. And I think we rode their defense quite quite a bit last year, and oh, their yeah, defense is insane. Right. Yeah, they were legit. with Watt, with uh, Dupree, with uh, they trade for uh, Fitzpatrick. <laughs> the Pittsburgh defense is going to be uh, top five again next year for sure. So that's something to look out for. And and man, uh, Ebron, yeah. Uh, on the flip side of the Hooper, I, I really love this. Yeah, I'm surprised there hasn't been more hype there because I, I agree with you. I, I like the move. Well, let's just keep it um, quiet because you know we'll, we'll we'll take advantage of that. Let everybody else miss it. We just won't. No more <laughs> Ebron. The draft. Yeah. Uh, long. We're not going to mention him again. So if you listen to this show, there's your nugget. But uh, no more Ebron. Yeah. No more. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> we got last year. Uh, we're going to have to tuck a few away here for ourselves. Yep. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, so that's pretty much those are kind of the big names we had marked down here that we want to talk about there are some still some big names um, that have not landed yet Cam's going to get traded I think I, I, I think he's going to be a starter um, I think that's going to be another kind of seismic shift Jameis Winston's still available uh, he threw for 5,100 yards last year uh, but I don't know that one is more questionable on whether he will actually get another starting opportunity but that one's one to keep an eye on and then, you know, as I, as I went through, there were, there were, there's lots of guys, but these three, I felt like the only ones that are really kind of worth mentioning. And then Robbie Anderson is still a free agent. And um, in the right situation, he's a guy I think that could, um, that could have some success. Now he's a receiver, receivers changing teams. We've already talked about that a, a lot, but um, in the right situation, I think Robbie Anderson could be uh, someone that you can get and, um, you know, could be a, a pretty good wide receiver three, I think for you. Because um, I think he's a good player. Uh, I'll, put, I'll say that. Yeah, he could really, you know, outproduce his draft, you know, draft position because of the fact that, you know, he's not a top top guy, 
um, like like Obi, yeah. you know, Odell Beckham or Hopkins or Diggs, you know, one of those guys. But he's still, like you said, a really good player. And so, therefore, he's going to be switching teams. And the whole switching teams effect is going to apply to him. But um, the curve, you know, and the expectation, like you said, we could probably get him as a wide receiver three where he could have the potential to put up wide receiver two numbers, you know. Yeah, and depending on what system he goes to, I mean, I hope he doesn't go to Cleveland because he's going to go there to die. But um, that's the thing is the situation is going to have a major impact on his value. Yeah, but if he's in a good spot, I mean, like put him in Kansas City or something, something like that. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't think we have a chance of getting him. But in a situation like that, yes, like I mean, I, I think uh, if he goes to Kansas City or something like that, then he could get overhyped. But um, into, yeah. a, into a low situation, you know, into a I don't know where he could go off the top of my head. Maybe uh, you know, it's. You know, I don't know San Francisco. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They they just lost Emmanuel Sanders. Um, no, I don't know. I I'd have to sit down and and. Well, I think with the, with them trading Buckner, I think they got their eyes set on taking a receiver at thirteen with getting the Colts yeah. number thirteen pick. Which what the hell is the fucking Colts thinking there? Pardon my French. <laughs> like he gave away the thirteenth pick. Like that's I don't know, but that's another time for another discussion. But as for Cam and Jameis. Um, I just got to believe they. What are what are we missing here on this? Like, you know, we go to the fact where some of these GMs and teams make these weird moves, but yet James Winston throws for fifty one hundred yards and thirty touchdowns last year, and the only downside of his 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 decision making, like you can smooth some of the decision making up. You know, I don't think you can take it all away, but it's not like he has poor throwing mechanics. It doesn't like he has poor footwork. It doesn't like he has health in, health issues. Um, it's it's just decision making. And or yeah. maybe being a good leader. Um, so, and he still can't find a job. Like, um, something else is kind of maybe going on there, which I don't, I don't know. But um, I think Cam is a lot of health issue. Um, is he going to be healthy? Can he stay healthy? Because a lot of Cam's yeah. game was was on the ground, like the fourth and one, third and ones, the goal line runnings. Um, and can he put it all together? Maybe for one last run here for a couple of years. I think that's about all he has left. Yeah, you're probably right. And he's taking a beating. Um, I'll be interested to see where Cam goes. Yeah, I don't. Jameis, uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'm a total wait and see uh, mode there. Um, but Cam, I think is a. I I still think he could be a valuable asset, and it'll be interesting to see where he goes because I I feel like um, like for example, the one that's popping into my mind right now is San Diego. Um, or uh, LA, whatever Chargers, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and you know their offensive line is very good. Um, but if healthy, I think he could have. Uh, you know, if he can stay healthy, um, I think he could have some success there. And if you know, like for example, if that was where he ended up landing, I think I would have some interest in, in maybe getting Cam as as a late rounder. Yeah, I think either one of these can go to the, the Chargers, and uh, you know they signed a couple offensive linemen, and they still have pretty good weapons they still have Eckler they got Keenan Allen Mike Williams um, they franchise uh-huh. Hunter Henry so there's weapons there and honestly this is a pretty good spot for Jameis like if you if you're telling me that if I'm the Chargers GM and I have what do they have the sixth pick I think they have a top 10 pick regardless um, yeah. but and there's a lot of talk of them taking Tua or taking Herbert like no give me Jameis over those over those guys I take 
these two over those guys, to be honest with you. Yeah. I would. Yeah, or, or Cam. Either one of them. Give me either one of these over a draft pick. Like, I know you got to pay them. Like, the money's difference. But at the end of the day, the object of, of the NFL is to win games. Like, yeah, like, yeah you got to build for the future. Like, you got to make the right decision here or there. Sometimes, you know, and you want to get younger. You all, all the time you want to get younger. It doesn't matter. But give me give me some proven player here, especially at the quarterback position. Because like, if you draft the quarterback in the first round, it's a swing and a miss. It just sets you back so bad. And you get in a position where you're Chicago, and you're reeling in year four, and you're bringing in a, a journeyman Nick Foles to save you. It just <laughs> – it's just terrible. It's not a good look. Not they a good have look. The, they have the pick. But if they could, if they could swing a deal, because I, you know, well, Jameis is a free agent. You could just sign him. But even Cam, you don't. You're not going to have to give up that six round. That that that's number six. And Cam's only pick. a nineteen million dollar cap hit. Cam's getting. That's the, a bargain. The, the, the Panthers are getting. It is the the Panthers are getting at best probably a third round pick because if they don't trade him, everyone knows this. If they don't trade him, cut him. Because they already signed their guy. So there's no trade value there. So you could get Cam cheap. James is a free agent. So if you're the Chargers, you get either one of these two guys and then have a really high draft pick to, to fill another need or get the best player on the board. Um, and like you already mentioned, they got a lot of talent there. I think if either one of these guys were to land in San Diego, there was their their uh, worth um, consideration uh, in, in fantasy for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Keenan's still going to get his. And Eckler – I mean, depending on what quarterback goes there, um, it's going to be, you know, I mean, he balled out last year. <laughs> he did. Uh, he far outplayed Jordan. Yeah. It just I, – I, I would really love to play poker with some of these GNs because they just show their hands and then they're they're dead in the water. Like, what is Carolina doing? Like, where are they – oh, no, Cam's our guy. Yeah, we really love Cam. He's going to be our guy. Uh, meanwhile, we're going to send Teddy Bridgewater. Well, now we're going to try to trade Cam. <laughs> Well, no, no one's going to say – like, you trade Cam, then you sign Teddy. Like, come on. Like, have a damn yeah. brain. Like, you yeah, just no. kill your value. And this is where teams just – they just kill their own value. They just ruin themselves. Like, and I know you can't do the right move every time. Like, nobody's perfect. But sometimes you got to – you got to, you know, know what's the right way. You know, don't hurt yourself. Uh, uh. All right, so you know that's pretty much it. I think uh, what we want to do is come back and revisit thing. Maybe uh, we'll see. How, uh, probably after the draft, um, you know, or uh, before then, we may we may jump on here. But uh, so be looking for that. We'll we'll retouch, uh, rehit everything uh, after the draft, and then we'll have an even better idea uh, of what it's going to look like going forward. Um, so. Um, Thanks again. Looking forward to another year. I hope you enjoyed a little break here from all the craziness that's going on. Um, And uh, take care. We'll see.